Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Conspiracy Pill. This is our first episode of season two. And yeah, yay! I think we're just kind of about done promising that there's going to be hinges. And I think the hinges are gone. What did I? I, I yeah. don't remember what I put into our new intro video. It said something like less hinges, less more, more conspiracies, <laughs> less hinges. I think it's the new season two motto, I think. The trick yeah. is to start with like 15 hinges and then lose them very slowly. Because um, if you start with two, <clears throat> just. Yeah, I would like to know from people in chat, like how many hinges roughly are we? If we started with 15, where are we at <laughs> with season two, episode one of Conspiracy Build? That's what I want to know. So, what I want to know is what absolutely insane conspiracy we're covering tonight. We are going to be talking about the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. No, we're going to talk about the wreck of the Titanic <laughs> and whether it was uh, a big fraud, an insurance scam, uh, were they trying to kill people to end the Fed or, or to, no, to start the Fed. I have that totally backwards. Was it aliens, time travel? There's all kinds of things in this. We're going through as many conspiracy theories related to the Titanic as we can fit into one episode and some that we can't. So we're going to be going over to Rumble and Odyssey at the end of the show to get into some of the wilder less hinged conspiracy theories over there uh we got a lot to get to tonight welcome guys i see lit and josh and cody in chat what's up everyone hope you guys are ready for this one so um yeah if you're ready let's uh let's just get into it so i want to i want to start with the accepted story because it's been a while since i've like looked into the any of the titanic stuff the conspiracies or even just the facts of of what happened or the purported facts of what happened so i'm just going to go through the accepted story a little bit because i figure some people might not remember this uh so at 11:40 p.m on the 14th of april 1912 the rms uh the rms titanic hit an iceberg in the north atlantic ocean only four days into her maiden voyage from southampton to new york city the iceberg hit on the starboard side, flooding five of the watertight compartments and the ship filled with water. Uh, the ship filled with water. Hundreds bleh, as a ship filled with water. Hundreds yeah. of third class passengers were trapped below deck and drowned. Uh, it only took two hours and 40 minutes for the ship to perish in the freezing waters, killing more than 1500 people. One of the things I found out in my research today is you remember the the movie from from what 1998 or 1999 or whatever that was the Leonardo DiCaprio one. It, it, some people it, saw if it. If I do remember. It, <laughs> it, it's a little known movie. It's kind of an I indie. remember it. Like I remember all of the movies that I have never seen because I've never seen any movies in my life, but I have seen all the memes and I know what it's known for. I know that you've never seen movies, but I just kind of took for granted that you'd see the Titanic for some reason. But it has <laughs> sex. Of course I haven't seen it. <laughs> to watch That's any fair. movies That's with fair. sex. That's fair. So, uh, that's well, not true, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll watch the avatar with the ponytail hair sex <laughs> scenes. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny because you're not wrong. <laughs> I have you, seen avatar. <laughs> it's the only James Cameron movie I hate more than the Titanic, to be honest with you. So unpopular opinion. I don't like the Titanic movie. I don't care. But uh, one of the parts in the Titanic movie is like, you remember like all the, well, not, I'm asking if you remember, you haven't seen this chat. If you remember, there's all these parts where people are trying to flee the third, uh, you know, the third, what am I trying to say? Third rate passengers. I don't know. The third class. Third class. I don't know why I'm losing this. Third class passengers were trying to get up to the deck and they were like locking them in. Apparently 
those lo- those gate locks were real, but that whole story is just made up from for the movie. Like they didn't actually lock people down there. Like nobody nobody reported it, that. So the only thing that I've heard is that things were locked that were locked for the entire the entirety of the passage. Like there were separations. There were these like barred gate. Right, but they went. Things. They actually went and unlocked those when they the ship did. Hit the so iceberg. they were only trapped behind <clears throat> them. They were for trapped because a of, amount of time. They were trapped because the lower part of the ship sank so quickly. Right. And yeah, things like right. that. They so, weren't or, or they might have been up. in an area that just got flooded instantly or something. Yeah. No one was like, the ship's sinking. Lock up the third class passengers. But they were already <laughs> locked down there. Lock up the poor go. people. Yeah. <laughs> somebody had to go. But I mean, it is a <clears> fact <throat> that the elites got, there were a lot of elites on this, like super duper elites on this ship. Sure. And a lot of poor people. And, and that's a big part of the conspiracy too. <laughs> predictably, some people... I think this is just the way of the world. I don't even think it's a conspiracy. It's just the rich people were at, at the top and yep. they got off first. That's exactly what happened too. And, and it goes into the lifeboats where, which were being launched by the crew that were barely half full. So one of the, one of the small, the, I think the boat with the most people on it was only like 80% full and some were being launched at less than a third capacity. So uh, the first life. That, sorry. Well, oh, go ahead. How much of that was just human panic? I th- that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting to. Yeah. I think that these deaths, in in the for the most part, were human panic. And I want to get into that and then get into conspiracies. But I think all this is important to understand with some of the stuff we're going to be bringing up. But the first lifeboat left a little more than an hour after the iceberg hit. So it wasn't like, oh, we hit an iceberg. The ship is going down. This was the unsinkable ship. It had all these. Uh, it had all these um, compartments to trap the water into, which is another part of the conspiracy. Some people think that that actually ruined the boat, but I, I'm not going to get into that one because it didn't. Like I looked at the science behind it, and it, it didn't make the boat sink faster. Yeah, but, science, um, you guys, shut up. <laughs> no, but it's just like there's a lot of things people say that don't know anything about shipbuilding and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, not that I do, but you know, fun uh, fact. <laughs> Fun fact, the church I grew up in, so the church I spent the most time staring at the ceiling, was built by a shipwright, and it was designed so that the interior of the, I don't know what you would call it, of the sanctuary, um, was like a ship. So it was like a ship inverted on top of the sanctuary. So you'd look up and see like the ribbing that you would expect. So so what you're saying is if there's another flood, you're, all the men in your church yes. is going to like tip it over and... Yeah. Start gathering just, animals just, two just by two. Break off the top of the church. Yeah, yeah. Cut off the steeple. Noah's Ark. Maybe it's right more there. like Transformers. It'll just like fold into like different yeah. ways and like make a ramp yeah. and make doors and stuff like that. It's a really cool church. It had a lot of. It'd be an Autobot ways. church, though. It wouldn't be a Decepticon. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> don't worry. I've never seen Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. So. Uh, back to the lifeboats. <laughs> These lifeboats were designed to hold 65 people. And uh, some of one of them, like I said, left with only about 28 aboard. I think the first one left with only 28 aboard. Um, and all, all and this was all on a boat that only had enough lifeboats for less than half the passengers as is. Uh, after this, the ship broke in half and sank to the bottom of the Atlantic, dumping everyone else into the icy water. And most people froze within about 30 minutes of being dropped into into the water without a lifeboat. Because scientifically speaking, that's how that works. Yeah, you had something about this. (laughs) Unless you're one guy. So scientifically, in that temperature water, you cannot survive more than what most people survived. Jack could have if Rose would have scooched (laughs) over. Okay, I'm still convinced of this. 
Sarah Flives Matter on Rumble says Leo decided not to get on Rose's raft because she had just turned 25. <laughs> Shots Brutal. fired. Also Brutal, not, but not true. Wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've heard people say that like that the reason he didn't is he would have flipped the raft. Like that he would have like he didn't get on. I honestly just don't effort, care. It was just a joke. <laughs> but there's <sighs> there's a guy on YouTube who cares enough and he built like the same door oh and like God. tested it out in a pool. Yeah, I'm not joking. So yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, moving on. So <laughs> The ship's baker had resigned himself to death. He 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 wasn't going to get on a lifeboat. He as one of the men, he drank an absurd amount of whiskey. He probably shouldn't have been able to survive the amount of whiskey he drank. To be completely fair, um, literally went down with the ship, like held on to a piece of the ship as it went down, landed in the water. Hung out in the water for two hours and got picked up by another boat. Survived. That's crazy. This guy's my so hero. This, Whiskey saved yeah. his life. This, this reminds me of the, the, the plague, you know, the black plague. They said that beer saved people's lives. That's so. the thing. It shouldn't have. Whiskey right. makes hypothermia worse. Does it really? It just makes you yeah. feel warm. Yeah, it makes you feel warm. Right. Huh. But I, I, I wonder if it was just the sheer adrenaline right. um, and, and maybe having drunk too much to survive, the two life-threatening things just canceled each other out. So nobody what, what, sorry, nobody can explain. No, no doctor, no scientist can explain how he survived. He chucks it up to the whiskey. On Twitter today, somebody asked me if this episode was going to link to MK Ultra and the Clintons. So let me try. Yes. So this guy... <laughs> The reason this guy survived is because he was a Nephilim and the Clintons have been after his DNA ever since. And they're like his, his bloodline. Yeah. So, Facts. yeah. And then they found his bloodline and they turned him into MK Ultra slaves or something. I don't know. That was, that yeah. was my attempt. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't great. Uh, way to take a, a happy story and just turn it really dark, PJ. <laughs> this guy, this whiskey drinking guy is an, a descendant of the Nephilim. Yep. Uh, and that's how they survived the flood during Noah's time because they couldn't die from icy waters. So. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So what I want to get into conspiracy wise is was this a tragic accident or a large orchestrated event? And I, I got to talk about the lifeboats a little bit more here because it's important. So in total, the lifeboats could have carried about 17, uh, sorry, 1100, 1178 people to safety. The, the Titanic could hold up to 3,547 passengers, but there were only 2,208 aboard its uh, maiden voyage. So 1500 people died not nearly that many had to i mean we all know that because people were leaving you know early i guess some of it they say is like they had this women and children order and as soon as they didn't have any women and children around they were just sending the boats out so that's like one of the reasons they say that the original boats were um so near empty i guess um but there weren't enough it, to begin with right it, it still is yeah there, that's true and one of the things that's not true is that the Titanic was like breaking a law or something like that. They actually had more boats than what was legally required, which is insane. <laughs> like they, they had, I don't remember how many more, but they had a, a couple percentage points, more boats than the law required at the time. They're just like, yeah, if your ship's this big, it doesn't matter how many passengers just have 20 boats, something like that. So uh, kind of crazy. That was the law back. The then. law literally said, I'm making this up, but I'm pretty sure it literally said as long as it has enough room for all of the elites. Yeah, 
It said lizard people enough. only on on the boats as well. So yeah. Uh, no, the law said let them drink seawater. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, but out of, anyway, so there was 228 people aboard, uh, which is far less than what it could have held. About 1,300 less than what it could have held. And there were some really notable absences on this boat. And this is where the conspiracy starts. So many of the rich and powerful people who were originally scheduled to be aboard were people like J.P. Morgan, uh, who mm. was actually the owner of the Mercantile Marine, which mm. was the parent company of White Star Lines, which was the people who owned the Titanic. So funny mm. enough, he was not legally allowed to own ships in England as an American citizen. So he just bought the company that owns the company that owns the company that built the ships or something like that. So J.P. Morgan literally owned the Titanic, but not directly enough for it to be illegal. So you're telling me this this guy built back doors to his back doors to his back doors so he could yes. buy a ship that sank. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the conspiracy starts. So he also canceled his booking at the very last minute. And the official story was that he got sick. And that's all it says. And this is funny because it's not always the official story, but that is the one that was put in most of the newspapers. And in actual fact, he had been spotted in France two days later and was in perfect health. Like there's pictures of him in France two days later. So sick he can't, you know, sit on a, in luxury on a ship that he owns, uh, but he can go to France to, and fool around. Uh, so then Aww. some later stories say that he had business interests to attend to. So there's no clear like why JP Morgan was not on the ship. Business uh, but interest of, being not interested <clears throat> in dying while doing business. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Uh, and none of this explains why he had seven valuable bronze statues removed one hour before the ship left Southampton. Wait, of what? I, I know, right? I couldn't find out what. Were they like Poseidon statues, I wonder? I need to look into this more. I, I didn't have time to like dig into everything. That's going to come up question. later. That's We're a good question. We're going to bring that up later. Yeah. So another one of these people was uh, Henry Clay Frick, who's an American steel magnate. I love the last name. Frick. Henry Frick. Uh, him and his wife uh, did not board the Titanic because she sprained her ankle. Uh, which is such a lame excuse. It's like I'm sick or I have business interests and me and I'm sorry. No, my wife sprained her ankle, I guess. So we can't sit in luxury on a cruise liner. Uh, the next one, if you're familiar with American history is George W. Vanderbilt and his wife, Edith. This one's interesting because the story goes that someone in his or her family, and it's I'm sure unclear, which objected to their sailing aboard the new ship because quote, so many things can go wrong on a maiden voyage. They canceled on April 9th, the day before the ship left. Uh, then there's, and, and what's interesting is they can actually cancel so late that their luggage in the charge of one of their servants, Edwin Wheeler, had already been sent to Southampton and placed aboard. Uh, and there was no time to remove the luggage. So Wheeler booked a second class, booked as a second class passenger and stayed aboard and actually died on the Titanic. So, uh, yeah. The which family was that? The Vanderbilts. Yeah, the Vanderbilts lost their luggage and their servant, but they survived. They've also got uh, Robert Bacon, who was the U.S. ambassador to France. His departure was delayed by the tardy arrival of a new ambassador, Myron T. Hendrick. That's all I found on that. And then there's a lot more, um, like a whole list. Hold on, let me see if I can just pull this up for you. Uh, there is an entire list of people that just canceled. And a lot of these are like, these, I think these are just the names of like famous rich people that canceled on the Titanic, like last minute. So something weird is going on. And what makes their, uh, what makes this all that more interesting is the prominent people aboard who were not missing. And that would be three names that always come up in all the conspiracies. Benjamin Guggenheim, which was a millionaire 
Uh, Isidore Strauss, which is the co-owner of Macy's, and John Jacob Astor IV, which was, who was a business magnate and real estate investor and did a lot of other shady things. I also think he like uh, illegally transported, trafficked in uh, opium and stuff like that. Oh, really no, he's weird. Definitely I don't know a ton about smuggler. him. Okay. Absolutely an opium smuggler. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I, I don't know a ton about him, but uh, all of these people were said to be against the creation of the Federal Reserve, uh, which is kind of where the conspiracy... Like, that's what gets everybody interested. You see a lot of memes where I'll show these three people. It's like against the Federal Reserve, against the Federal Reserve, against the Federal Reserve, died on the Titanic. What's interesting about this is Isidore Strauss was very publicly in support of the creation of the Federal Reserve and wrote about it in the New York, uh, New York Times and other other places like that. So there's there's more than enough evidence out there that Isidore Strauss was publicly in support. If, if, if maybe there's something behind the scenes, we don't know, but publicly in support of it. And then I couldn't find any evidence that Guggenheim or Astor opposed it. But here's the thing. I find this funny because the people that say this proves that they're not against it, their their claims are the same as mine. They're like, there's so many conspiracy theory websites that pop up when you type in these names, you never find any history on them. And it's really difficult to find anything. So it doesn't really go either way. It's just we don't know their stance on it. But I did find it interesting that one of the few things I found about Guggenheim was that some people called him J.P. Morgan's mortal enemy. So <laughs> I think that's probably safe to say, like, would oppose anything that J.P. Morgan was pushing. And if you don't understand what we're talking about with J.P. Morgan and the Federal Reserve, you can go back and listen to our episode from season one about uh, the Jekyll Island incident and uh, Bohemian Grove and stuff like that. But um, and here, but the other thing that cuts against this is it looks like he bought his ticket after JP Morgan canceled. That's what some places say, but I don't know if I can back that up or not because JP Morgan canceled like last minute. So I guess the claim is that Guggenheim bought a ticket last minute. I don't know. So I don't know if I buy that. Huh. It's weird because like some of these things are just kind of hard to find. Um, and the other thing that the people that people say about this is that it wouldn't have made a difference because the Federal Reserve Act easily passed both House and Congress in 1913. But I'll say that as hindsight's 2020. So JP Morgan might not have known if they can make any difference. And honestly, neither do we. So it's one of those things like, oh, they like killing these people wouldn't have changed anything, but we don't like who's to say that he knew that at the time. Who's to say that that's even true. I mean, millionaires have a lot of sway in politics as we've seen with, you know, money and stuff. I say millionaires because right. back then millionaires would be today's billionaires, but so it doesn't well, sound the, as, yeah, you know what I mean? That's the thing adjusted for today's money. A lot of these elites paid close to a hundred thousand dollars for those tickets. On the Titanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the first class tickets on the maiden voyage were over four thousand dollars a piece. <clears throat> so they would have been, I think the I think adjusted for inflation, it's well over a hundred thousand dollars per ticket. I heard ninety, but I, I won't fight you on it. I mean that oh, was okay. six months ago. So um, yeah, yes, you are right. It's over a okay. hundred thousand now. It's something crazy, crazy expensive. <laughs> yeah. So, and I guess it depends on which site you get that from. Cause if it says 90,000, it was, you know, pre Joe Biden's economy, maybe it's like 200,000. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, yeah, six yeah. Months ago. <laughs> that number six. Yeah. Well, exactly. Six months ago, the economy's, you know, um, so, uh, where was I at? So let's see. Um, here's the, here's the other question that people bring up is how could JP Morgan known that they would die? Cause all three of these people did die in the Titanic. And there's one story and only one that just, I want to bring up because I find this really, really interesting. And that is the story about, again, his arch nemesis Guggenheim. Uh, and there's this whole thing about him writing a telegram to his wife saying that he wanted to go down like a gentleman. And what's interesting about this is this is in every Titanic movie ever made. 
um, except for maybe the first one, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> um, people don't know there's more than just the Leonardo DiCaprio Titanic movie. There's a 1950s Titanic movie. And I guess I'll just talk about this now because it's so uh, interesting to me is there is a 1912 Titanic movie <laughs> that was released a month after and it starred one of the survivors of the Titanic. They actually started filming this movie three days after the Titanic went down. Like after this woman, this actress who was on the Titanic got to New York, they started filming this movie. With wow. her as the star about wow. the Titanic sinking. So, How much you want to bet it was her idea too? No, I, I I don't have time to read through the whole story, but it sounds like she was dating a producer who like forced her into it. So, uh, wow. and maybe it was, but it's it sounded pretty uh, <laughs> Harvey Weinstein ish. So, <clears throat> uh, but here anyway, back to the whole thing about Guggenheim. His whole thing was he sent he sent this he sent his servant with a telegram to his wife to say I want to go down like a gentleman. And all the stories that are told about him come from this one servant, this Armenian servant who's like twenty four years old, and he says he dressed up in fine clothes and decided he was going to sit in his room and go down with the ship. It kind of contradicts some other things people say, which makes me wonder, like, if you were going to murder somebody amidst chaos, wouldn't you, like, hire someone that would do the deed and then tell everybody, oh, he just wanted to die like a gentleman. And what's so perfect about this, and I'm not saying this is what I think, but I'm saying, like, it, it would be an interesting way to commit a murder because who would want to refute the story? Like that's the thing. If you refute the story, you sully this guy's character. This guy's become infamous. He's in every movie. Like he's one of the heroes of the Titanic because he decided to leave his seat open for the women and children and go down dressed in his finest clothes, drinking whiskey and die like a gentleman. So if you, you know, point suspicion to that, you're like, oh, so Guggenheim was a coward and you, you know, like that's, you know, it's interesting. I'm just saying, I'm not yeah. saying like that's. There are ways that amidst the chaos, you could make sure that three people don't make it to the lifeboats. That's the only point yeah. I want to make. So uh, the next theory that I want to talk about is this idea of sabotage. Um, but before we get into the theory about that, I think that, uh, well, hold on. No, sorry. I'm getting lost in my notes. I, I am going to apologize, guys. I've been fighting with my internet for like a week to try to get internet for tonight's show. So my notes are a little more scattered than I want them to be. Um, but uh, the theory of sabotage is interesting because if it's correct, it means that the ship was sunk on purpose. And in some of these theories, that would mean they actually literally intentionally drove the ship into icebergs uh, and then other ones that that's just a cover story. So I want to talk about one interesting thing that I found that was actually not ever really talked about. And that's this idea of sonar ears. Have you ever heard of sonar ears? Vaguely, but tell me what it is. All right. So some of the conspiracies point out that the ship had an early version of sonar, which would have made it impossible for them not to see an iceberg coming. So I looked into this and it wasn't like, again, it, like they weren't joking when they said it's actually kind of hard to find the, the stuff about sonar ears being on the Titanic. But I finally did in this Chicago daily newspaper from 1912. And here's just a quote uh, from someone being asked about how these work and why it couldn't help them avoid the iceberg. So this is coming from, an expert in 1912 talking about who knew the technology. So you can take that how you want to. But he said, although practically all ocean vessels are equipped with these, quote, ears, they would avail nothing. In an accident such as what happened to the Titanic, said Mr. McAleer, uh, there must be some outside stimulus such as a bell ringing on a buoy or the blowing of a whistle. Icebergs, of course, jog, uh, jog along with the current without making any appreciable sound. It is likely that the operator aboard the Titanic had no imitation of the proximity of the Berg up to the time of the crash. So I, 
from what I can understand of the technology, it is not sonar. This is 1912. They didn't actually have it like pinging and sending back things and like digital displays and stuff like that. Essentially, it would hear sounds further away. So these ears were really more just like giant listening devices. So basically, they could they could just hear if something was moving or making a noise in the water. Icebergs wouldn't do that. And that seems to be the case from pretty much all the experts of, of this technology is that it it's not actually sonar. So... Oh, hey, we got a super chat over here from from Jess says super chat $20 money for PJ and Abby to serenade me with a Titanic song at the end of this episode. I thought we were yes. ignoring that super chat. Yes. On oh, we were. Yeah, no, I, I think I think we got this. I think we got this. <laughs> no! it be, yeah, yeah, just because just because now I see how uh, uncomfortable it made Abby. So now we'll play it on loop for the uh, rumble and odyssey section. <laughs> oh, I don't mind us playing it. I just don't want to sing it. There's no there's no words. It's just like oh, a flute I'm, solo, isn't it? Oh, no, there is words. It's like Celine Dion. I just I haven't yeah. listened to it in forever. I haven't even watched the movie, and I know the Celine Dion song. All right, guys, listen, listen. If you want Celine Dion karaoke from Abby at the end of the show, we're going to need more Super Chats. That's all I'm saying. So uh, <laughs> moving on. An unspecified <laughs> number of Super Chats. <laughs> An unspecified number. Uh, before, we, so before we get into the outright sabotage stuff, I want to talk about this idea of normal criminal negligence. This is where a lot of the conspiracy theories go here. And one of them that you brought up to me as well is this idea of a coal fire. So a coal fire did break out in the coal bunkers 10 days before the ship's departure. And apparently this was not uncommon, which is really weird to read. They're just like, yeah, we've got these massive piles of coal lying around. Like, I don't remember what the stat was, but how many tons of coal it burns a day. I want to say it was like 60 tons of coal. They burn every day that they're moving the ship. So I can't even imagine these vast stores of coal that they have at the bottom of these ships. But they have this giant fire breakout 10 days before it leaves. And they're just like, yeah, we're dealing with it. So <laughs> the ship, some of the some of the theories around this is the ship was going faster because the need to burn off this coal, basically throw the already on fire coal into the furnace, which was happening. Um, and that the fires might have weakened the ship's hull and made it more susceptible to breaking apart when it hit an iceberg. Uh, one of the other things that might have made it weaker is this idea of iron rivets. So some people claim that they used wrought iron rivets to cut production cost, and these would not have fared as well as steel rivets uh, because heat and cold would have weakened them. This has been a long-time suspicion that was even investigated back in 1912. There was like tons of meetings and hearings that went on forever about why the Titanic went down. Obviously, it's a $7.5 million ship uh, at the time. And uh, oh, no, I feel a, a thermite conspiracy theory coming. There is one. Yeah, we're going to get there. This is such a perfect comment because literally rivets is what they said about 9-11 too. Like everybody's yes. like, but what about the rivets? What about the rivets? Leave they use the rivets, iron rivets. Alone. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot that was a 9-11 thing too. Yeah, you're right. So it's always the rivets. It's the rivets fault. Um, somebody's cutting production costs, whatever. So this has been a long time suspicion, but it doesn't seem to bear out because like there was basically they never put a cap on how much it would cost the workers to build this thing. There's like whatever it costs, get it done because we're going to charge insane amounts of money for this. So the idea that they cut rivets or they used wrought iron rivets in just certain sections of the ship, there's no evidence for it. It doesn't seem to match up with the way that they handle everything no, else. No, no, PJ. They <laughs> used the wrought iron rivets in the exact section of the Pentagon. I mean, the Titanic, where yeah, right. they were investigating the missing money. You know, that, I'm the, just now. I'm just now realizing just how closely all of these conspiracy theories are to 9/11, and I think I I think that that's not on. 
accident. I think that people saw 9-11 and they started applying it backwards in time. You know what I mean? The cruise ship was not a hologram. You don't know that, Jess. <laughs> you don't know that. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> there are some theories that are crazier than what you just put, and we'll get to them. So, <clears throat> <we're>, so <laughs> I love how the chat's predicting where I'm going with this, because the next theory is the bomb theory, right? So... <laughs> Icebergs aren't real. Uh, after studying photographs taken by the ship's electrical engineers, journalist Sean or Seenan. It says Seenan, but that's a weird name. I thought it was Sean. Maybe I typed it wrong. <laughs> I'll call him Sean Malloy was able to identify a 30 foot long black marks along the hull. These marks were located directly behind the spot where the iceberg pierced the ship's lining. <clears throat> and he said, we're looking at the exact same area where the iceberg struck and we appear to have a weakness or damage to the hull in that specific place before she even left Belfast. Malloy told the independent Monday, he said that the fire's high temperature could have weakened the ship's steel by 75%. So this is a guy who actually went, uh, who actually talked with, you know, engineers and stuff like that. And in 1985, Dr. Robert Ballard led an expedition to look at the record, <clears throat> look at the wreckage. And he said this theory was incompatible with accounts of witnesses, which started the, there is no doubt that a collision with an iceberg was to blame survivors described ice scattered on the deck of the Titanic and protruding through the small hole into their hull, which I find this interesting for a few reasons. One, he's like, there's no way that it weakened the hull because an iceberg hit here. And it's like, that is the conspiracy though. So anyway, um, but other people read what this guy wrote and they took this to mean that they listened to the eyewitness accounts of a loud noise and the scorched hull and they ignored the ice part and just went, this had to have been a bomb. And that's literally all there is to that theory is that people looked at like the eyewitness count saying they heard a loud explosion. Then this other guy saying there was a scorched hull and they didn't listen to like that's because of the coal fire and the, you know, there was ice on the deck. So if you're going to listen to them say there's a loud explosion, you'd also have to listen to they said we saw the iceberg. We saw the ice coming through the hole and on the deck. It was just let's take things out of context and say a bomb. And that was that was it. <clears throat> who had investments in the iceberg cleanup company. <laughs> I wonder how many uh, dry passports were found on the ship. Chat, you are <laughs> the absolute best tonight. Like, just absolutely on it. I'm just, like, half tempted to sit back and just, like, let chat just roast let, yeah, <laughs> Titanic let conspiracies for, like, the rest of the time because this is even better than what I've got. So I do want to make a <clears throat> comment about the bomb theory. Sure. So one of the things that was a concern, confirmed concern after the iceberg hit was that the cold seawater meeting the steam in the steam engine could cause an explosion. Right. So they're like, <clears throat> it, it, it is possible that, that that is the root of some of these rumors that, that an explosion did happen because of that. There were also other explosions that happened after the iceberg too, which we'll get into more later. Well, that's what, um, yeah. so like, I'm not even, I don't even want to like crap all over the bomb theory and say like it's there's no possible way someone sabotaged the ship. I'm just saying I can't find anything other than people taking people out of context. And like that's my that's my whole problem with the bomb theory is just lack of evidence and it's lack. And it's it's not just lack of evidence. It's this person says they heard an explosion. But if you read the next sentence, they say they saw ice on the deck of the ship. They saw ice coming through the hole. So like it's a little bit of like, you know. I'll take the part that I need to make my theory true and I'll ignore the other parts. And that's, yeah. But uh, the bomb theory, like, again, it could it could be, but I just don't find a lot of evidence for it. Um, here's one of my favorite conspiracies. The Catholics sank the ship. 
It was all the Catholics. For once, it it's was. not the Jews. It still is the Jews in later conspiracies. But in this one, it's the Catholics. Someone, uh, someone so. get Margot Catholic in here just so she can like be mad that we that we're pitching this theory. So love you, Margot. So tell me how it was the Catholics again, PJ. It was the Catholics because corners were cut by the Catholic workers on the Titanic because the ship's number was three nine oh nine oh four, which spelled backward, which read backwards spells no pope. And a guy was adjusting his tie in front of a mirror one day, and he noticed <laughs> that the ship's number said no pope. And he concluded that the ship was cursed and that the Catholics had sabotaged the ship because of the anti-Pope rhetoric. I'm not making this up. That is the conspiracy theory. And it's total crap uh, for a lot of reasons. This number was never assigned to the Titanic. Uh, we know what number was on the Titanic. You can see it in pictures and everything. Uh, and there were no Catholics working on the Titanic at all. Not even one. Because the Harland and Wolf company that built the Titanic boasted about how they only hired Protestants. They actually had a no Catholics uh, policy. <laughs> so the Catholics who didn't build the ship sabotaged the ship for a number that was not ever placed on the ship is the conspiracy theory. And this happy started, Ash Wednesday, everybody. <laughs> yeah, happy Ash Wednesday. This started sometime in the 50s, like this or, rumor. I don't know. So Sad Ash Wednesday. <laughs> I I was informed today that this is not actually supposed to be a happy holiday. So. I apologize to everybody. If we keep this up, PJ, all the Catholics are going to give up conspiracy pilled for Lent. <laughs> oh, don't do that. I was just defending you Catholics, really. So yeah, it's all those stupid prods fault, you know? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you didn't sink the Titanic. We did. So let us have our thing that, you know, our accomplishments, Catholics. Come on. Uh <laughs> And the last theory, the last theory, and this is the craziest one before I get into another theory. I don't know why I said last. Could this have been the perfect storm of negligence, overconfidence in a coal fire? Of course not. This was all done one way or another to cover up a massive insurance scam. So <laughs> the perfect storm theory, nah, we're going to go with the switcheroo. This is the big one. This is the big, this is the big theory that uh, everybody's talking about. There's been lots of books written on this. So the theory goes essentially like this. The White Star moved their express service from Liverpool to Southampton in 1907. And this is when they hired Harland and Wolf, the Catholic hating people that didn't write no Pope on the ship uh, to start construction on their new Olympic class of ships. The Titanic was not the only ship of its kind. The Olympic was built alongside the Titanic using the exact same blueprints. So the Titanic was built in dock 401, excuse me, and the Olympic was built in dock 400. The Olympic launched first on October 20th, 1910, and the Titanic launched second on May 31st, 1911. But the Olympic collided with the HMS Hawk uh, in September of 1911. And no, the HMS Hawk was not a hologram, Jess, before you... Before you type that in the comments. How do you know though, <clears throat> PJ? I don't know. It could have been a torpedo and it was all hologram. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> when the torpedo uh, fired from the hologram uh, struck <laughs> struck the, uh, the Olympic, it ruptured two watertight compartments and they had to return to Southampton for repairs and the ship was out of service for six weeks, which was costing them a lot, a lot of money. So especially if you're thinking like $4,000 per first class passenger, I didn't even do the math, but it's an insane amount of money every time the ship travels. So uh, 
So the Olympic was blamed for the crash and was unable to file an insurance claim. And this is where the conspiracy starts. And this is because they collided with like a, a Royal Navy ship that definitely seemed to be the ship, like the naval ship's fault because it co- collided into this giant bigger ship. Uh, but it's the military. So they're just like, nah, we're not paying. Screw you. Uh, <clears throat> and according to history, the cost of the repairs were around one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. I only found one source that said it was $800,000, but every other source I found said 125,000. So I don't know if they were adjusting for inflation or something, um, but it's somewhere between those. And I think it's 125 cause that's what most sources say. But many speculate that the report uh, was biased to hide the fact that the ship was irreparably damaged and that the ship would never be able to pass the board of inspection ever again. And this was not the ship's last collision either. Uh, because on February 24th of 1912, the Olympic scraped the bottom of the ocean floor and lost a blade on its port side propeller. So in order to save time, one of the propellers from the Titanic was swapped with the Olympic over the course of the next 44 days, according to the conspiracy theory or over the course of the next 44 days from when the propeller was broken till the Titanic launched on April 10th of 1912, the Olympic and the Titanic were swapped. They changed out carpets. They changed out nameplates, furniture, everything, essentially. <clears throat> um, and they even took uh, plates and like riveted them over the top of the names of the ships because like the Olympic and the Titanic were in scra- like uh, dug into the metal, scratching the metal, whatever. Um, and everyone was made to believe the ship that was going out on April 10th, 1912 was the Titanic when it was actually the Olympic. So even the captain of the Olympic was switched from being the captain of the Olympic to the Titanic for its maiden voyage. And he said it would be his last voyage. And boy, was he not wrong. Uh, that was just, he was supposed to retire. He's going back to New York to retire. So uh, when the oh. Titanic was... <laughs> when the Titanic was found on the ocean floor in 1985, the image used to confirm its identity was of the propeller with the number 401 stamped on it. So think about this. 401 is the ship number of the Titanic. But according to the theory, the that wouldn't prove that it's the Titanic because the Olympic had one of the Titanic's propellers on it, which would have been stamped with 401. So, right. So, <laughs> I think when we get to the end, I will have commentary on why conspiracy we'll theories it. exist when people feel like they need to explain something that doesn't make sense. And we need to talk about why the basic facts of the Titanic sinking didn't make sense to people right. and that they had to create these things. Yeah, absolutely. So, or go looking uh, for them. I'm not saying they're not real. They're all right. true. <laughs> They're all true. Every one of them. They're all true. The Titanic was sank by JP Morgan's no, no. mummy. Who- <laughs> the Olympic was sank. <laughs> the Olympic was sank because JP Morgan had his mummy crash into an iceberg strapped with bombs <laughs> because of the Catholics or yes. something. <laughs> because all true. He, was, he was thinking about becoming Catholic and she didn't want him to because she was Jewish. <laughs> Okay, so I I excluded this earlier only because it was not interesting at all. But like to go with the J.P. Morgan thing, it was the Rothschilds. And look, not a fan. But like (laughs) I couldn't. It's and it's not because here. It's so funny because people be like, anytime you bring up the Rothschilds, oh, it's anti-Semitic. It's anti-Semitic, and it's like 
No, the Rothschilds are like a terrible family that do terrible things. It's just that there was nothing at all interesting about like people just threw the Rothschilds name onto this conspiracy and said nothing other than the Rothschilds, like as if that explained their involvement. So if I could have found any interesting thread about the Rothschilds, I would have put it in here, but it was just like JP Morgan and the Rothschilds. And it was, that was it. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, back to this thing. So basically the idea is that just because they found the Olympic, obviously it was the Olympic on the bottom of the Atlantic and it had the 401 stamp. So I will say this was kind of interesting to me for one reason, because a lot of the sites I was looking into the only proof that they were showing on their sites literally was the propeller. So I'm like, if if that's your only way to like show this the Titanic and they did swap propellers, it's weird that that's what you're picking, right? And that was what I was seeing early on, but we'll get into why. We'll get into to some more to back, you know. But um, so also one of the other parts of the conspiracy, there were coal strikes happening at this time, which is so interesting because the coal strikes were happening, but it gets used in very different ways depending on which conspiracy. So some of them are like they never would have sent out the Olympic and the Titanic at the same time because of coal strikes or this or that, or they faked. I don't know. But in this part of the conspiracy, they're saying that there was a ship called the SS Californian and it was sailing across the Atlantic in the same region as the Titanic uh, at the time that it sunk and it was not carrying any passengers, but a small cargo of blankets. So the idea is that this cargo of blankets was there and they were traveling nearby the Titanic because they were ready to pick up passengers. So the idea is like if they were going to sink the ship, they had another ship following close behind with warm blankets for survivors. So they really just wanted to kill like three people and and claim insurance on this massive ship, but they didn't want to kill everybody. So like that's kind of thrown in there is like, why would they, you know, kill 1500 people for an insurance scam? Like, couldn't they, you know, that doesn't make sense. Or why would they kill 1500 people and ruin a five, seven and a half million dollar boat in order to kill three people when it probably makes more sense that like, like with the Clintons, if everybody knows you killed them, but they, you know, you don't go to prison for it, then they're kind of scared of you. You know, um, I don't it's think that the, I don't elaborate. think JP Moore, yeah, it's overly elaborate. Yeah. So yeah, it's overly elaborate and too many, <clears throat> each person who could have, who could have benefited also lost too much to make it worth it right well yeah so we're going to get into that because I, I just want to say this i was i didn't present this part of the theory in its full depth for a few reasons i'll explain in a minute because when i watched uh, like a two hour long thing on this well I, I listened to a long podcast and then i watched the uh titanic the shocking truth was directed by tim bell and i was entirely convinced by the end of that that the titanic and the olympic had swapped and all these things because there's a way that you can tell this story and I, I'm obviously I'm not doing it because I don't actually buy this story and I'll explain why in a minute. There's a way you can tell this story that is so convincing that I don't blame anybody for actually believing it had they heard it put into a certain way. Uh, but as soon as you look at the other side of the evidence, you realize there's huge problems with the switch theory and that's why I didn't like put a ton of time and effort into this and we'll get into those in a minute. But first a word from our sponsors. I wanted to shout out North Arrow Coffee Company uh, today. I've been forgetting to do it uh, because they are not only my favorite beverage outside of beer. Uh, they give 15% of every sale to pro-life causes. And the greatest part, besides it being single origin, roast to order, really high quality coffee, is that you can use code PJ10 and get 10% off your order and definitely not use Abby 10, which doesn't exist. And if it does, it actually adds 10% onto your order. 
to, uh, you know, get great coffee and support <laughs> pro-life causes. This is this is slander. Abby ten is ten percent <laughs> off, just like the other codes. Hawkhound ten. Also, if you have used all of all of the all of the codes, you can just keep using codes until <clears> they <throat> run out. But I have heard from the Rumble chat that some people are giving up PJ ten for Lent. So, oh my gosh, someone did say that in chat. <laughs> I thought you were making it up. You know, someone <laughs> earlier on said that your code is going to have to be Abby fifteen because the coffee tastes better when they use PJ ten. <laughs> So unless you're offering them more off, it's yeah, it's not worth it to them. That's so, so mean. That was also, over on Rumble. Yeah. My this is fine dog fell, and I don't know what this means. It means he's not fine. Even in a burning house, not fine. <laughs> PJ is for sure a Fed Frankie. Why are you in here spreading disinformation? We all know that Abby's the Fed. Yeah. Do I look like a Fed? I don't know. Uh so <laughs> Do I look like a Fed? <laughs> Okay, PJ. <laughs> Abby looks like a Fed. That's all I'm saying. You know. Thank you so much to Heather for the nine dollars and ninety nine cent super chat. That is so cool. Appreciate you. Thank you, Heather. Appreciate that. All right. So I want to get into these uh, parts of the switcher that don't add up and why I think this doesn't actually make sense. So uh, the Titanic survivors were not actually rescued by the SS Californian, first of all, which I just said was the one that was supposed to be floating by and rescuing them. So people are familiar. Mm. They were rescued by the Carpathia and the Californians weird because they were the closest ship to the, the to the Titanic when it sank, but they like either ignore the distress signals or whatever. It's, it's been under suspicion investigation. The captain didn't get fired over it, but apparently like he sent his message receiver, like the telegraph guy just to sleep. He's like, yeah, don't work the night shift. And they just weren't paying attention, I guess. Um, it's weird because it depends on which part of this, like who you believe on this. Because some people that were on the SS Californian said that they saw, you know, they saw things and they were awake at the night and they, I don't know. So anyway, for whatever reason, the Californian did not rescue the Titanic survivors. And if they had been sent there specifically for that reason, would they just be like, yeah, let's just go to bed and like not pay attention for the ship that we're supposed to be following to rescue people from. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. What ship um, actually picked them up? Did you say that already? The Carpathia picked them up. The Carpathia. Yeah. So, uh, but That's if, the the, one that they if, if the Californian, well, they tried to signal anybody like, I guess, I guess they sent out like torpedoes with like flares and things like that. So I, which I didn't realize before, but they were sending out distress signals, uh, flares, so what whatever happened, to try to get a hold of other ships. Just to clarify here, they sent out a distress signal that the Carpathia picked up, um, and, and immediately started in their direction, but they were 58 knots away. Right. But so, the Californian was much closer. But there was another, there was a Norwegian ship that they saw as they were sinking and they shot out those flares to try to catch the Norwegian ship, but the Norwegian ship was, was illegally fishing. So they just ignored okay. them. Okay. So the Norwegian ship <laughs> let people die. The Californian let people die and the Carpathia came and saved people. Either way, it just doesn't add up to the part of the theory of they didn't actually want to kill everybody. They wanted to save people. They just wanted to right. get an insurance scam and maybe knock off a few competition or a few people who were you know, opposed to the Federal Reserve, even though they were openly in favor of the Federal Reserve, at least one of them. Uh, so the next part of the theory is that the Titanic was insured for $5 million two weeks before its maiden voyage. Sounds just like every true crime thing, you know, like, oh, I insured my wife and now she died under mysterious causes of a knife in our bedroom. The problem with this is that 
the Titanic and the Olympic each cost about seven and a half million dollars to build. And the Olympic was insured for far more money than the Titanic. Uh, and it's also estimated that because it's not just the cost of the ship that you're losing, it's everything else, including, you know, whatever you have to pay out to survivors and their families and whatever, uh, that the company spent about $9 million, uh, lost $9 million. So even if they recuperated $5 million from insurance, they're still out $4 million for a ship that only had at most $800,000 worth of repair. Um, and there's other things that go into like why that crash the Hawk could not have possibly damaged the ship uh, as bad as the conspiracies say that it did. I mean, the damage on it's really, it's two watertight compartments. It doesn't get to uh, essentially like the frame of the ship. It doesn't do anything that would have messed it up. There's also this whole thing about how they could tell that the Titanic was the Olympic because the Olympic supposedly um, leaned left or, uh, and, you know, they like, were lefties. They were lefties. <laughs> no, oh, like good. after the I'm crash, it just stay. like it didn't it didn't stay on keel or whatever. So, okay. um, but I don't I, I don't I can't find anything to say that that's actually true. It's it seems like a lot of this stuff has been made up specifically to make this theory make sense. And I'll get into some of those things that are actually provably made up. So um, another part of this is that just the time of it, like the longest time that any of these conspiracy theories put forward is that. There's 44 days from when the propeller broke to the Olympic leaving. And before this, they were not switched. So because they couldn't have been. Otherwise, that whole rudder story does, or not rudder. The whole propeller story doesn't make sense. So at most, they had 44 days. It took seven months and 11 days to finish the interior of the Olympic the first time around. And the difference between the between the two ships are actually pretty massive. There's parts of the ship that are covered uh, on the Olympic that are not covered on the Titanic. The floor layout was changed. So like the part of it that people cling on to is that the blueprints were the same. They were at the beginning. Uh, they had the same blueprints build both boats, but everything was made by hand. It wasn't churned out of a factory. It's not like they just had like a, a storeroom of, of parts for, for this a ship this size, right? Um, and the ships were changed drastically between each other. Like size-wise, they weren't different. Uh, one was only like three feet longer. So like that you wouldn't notice. But like whole floor plans were changed. Electrical wiring was changed. Staircases were different. Uh, there's just no way just based on those things alone that this could have been switched over in 44 days, let alone, you know, the cost of that compared to them already losing $4 million. Like it's already falling apart in big ways. <clears throat> but uh, the Olympic was actually broken up in the 1930s and pieces of it clearly have 400 stamped on them. And also people have been down to the Titanic and brought back more than the propeller. I know some of the articles like they just talk about propeller. Um, they've brought back tons of things from the Titanic that have the number 400 stamped on them. Um, other pieces that have been um, uh, also the propellers were not similar enough to have been swapped. That whole story was just made up for this conspiracy. I could not find any anything at all about the pros being swapped outside of like a book a guy wrote in 1998 where he said that but there's no evidence to it and then people just kind of clung on to that ever since and if you look at the blueprints of it they're not even the same size like they wouldn't have swapped over so that part is all made up <clears throat> and then you know people ask well what about the photographs because we've probably seen these photographs where it's like here's the titanic here's the olympic here's how they're different here's the wreck on the bottom of the ocean things like that so one of these uh is that when the titanic was leaving the dock it had 14 portholes and the olympic had 16 but the picture of the ship leaving as a titanic had 16 portholes 
Uh, the Titanic actually had two more portholes installed before any of the theories claim that the switch took place. And there's photographic evidence of the Titanic pre switch with 16 portholes <clears throat> when it was first built it had 14. And then a year later they added two more for more lighting and ventilation. So, uh, and there's again, photographic evidence of this, uh, the tight, uh, let's see the inscription underneath the nameplates is one. There were never nameplates. That's the thing. Like they say that, uh, there's a photo on the bottom of the ocean where it shows the nameplate falling off and behind it. You can see it says Olympic. It's very obviously photographed or photoshopped. And on top of that, you can see the ship leaving in all kinds of videos and photos and stuff. And it's inscribed into the ship, the Titanic. There's no riveted on nameplates ever. <clears throat> so that's made up and Photoshop. Um, other times there's photos show the Titanic and the Olympic, uh, you know, like here's what the Titanic looks like. And here's the one on the bottom of the ocean that looks like the Olympic. A lot of times people are just taking pictures of the Olympic and saying it's Titanic and then using it in those memes. And you can find tons of that. So I just, I didn't feel like going through every single photo because I couldn't find one that was not pretty quickly disproven. So uh, that fell apart. Um, another thing people ask, what about the whistleblower? There's a guy named James Fenton, who is the only whistleblower to the switch theory. He claims that they threatened his family and threatened him with 20 years in jail if he ever talked. Um, but he, he did talk. So <laughs> he, did, I mean, he did literally talk and has his name out there as the whistleblower. Uh, but he's also not on record on any record of ever having been on the Titanic. So not having worked on it, not having been on it. Uh, his claims is that he was on the Titanic and he could tell the difference because he, he built the Titanic and the Olympic and he's like, oh, I can tell. Uh, so that guy, yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like if you're going to say, hey, if I talk about this, they're going to kill me and then they don't and they don't arrest you under anything like, yeah, <laughs> it and already kind of makes you look not credible a little bit. Yeah, it, this is like the same thing that the moon, the famous moon landing guy the the one who made all the documentaries he keeps saying look they, they're trying to kill me and they're trying to kidnap me and i got away i'm like if if they really want to kill you they'll they'll just kill you like right explain how they haven't succeeded sir they're just really they're they're so good at that they can get like a thousand dock workers and like thousands of people on the ship and captains and heads of state and insurance uh you know people to all behind be behind a conspiracy theory uh, but not, you know, not uh, good enough at their job to kill one dude. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I don't buy this guy. Uh, he, he just seems like a grifter anyway. And he obviously is not on the records. Uh, so my conclusion on the whole switcheroo theory is that it's very convincing when it's told the right way uh, with the right details changed, yeah. omitted or entirely made up. Um, but one of the things that really also shoots this down is that this comes from a book uh, called The Riddle of the Titanic. It was written by Robin Gar Gardner in 1998. And he debunks this theory in the end of his own book. So the book that everybody's claiming like this proves it. He, he debunks it himself. So uh, let me see. I have this down here. I'm just going to pull this up on screen and just read some of this to you guys. So this is the guy, Robert Gardner. He admits that it didn't happen. Uh, so in, in the end of the book says, in the end, it was Harlan and Wolf who provided an acid test. The Titanic had the hull number 401, which they said would have been stamped on major parts built into the ship. The IMAX film shows a 401 on the port propeller. Yes, but the Titanic was cannibalized for parts when the Olympic was damaged. Could this not have been one of them? However, that may be one of the more arcane exhibits at Greenwich. The helm 
indicator from the st- uh, from the stern bridge mentioned above clearly shows the number 401 stamped deeply into the bronze stand. And then he goes on to talk about how it's very convincing until you dig into the very obvious things that disprove it. So even the guy who yeah. started the conspiracy wrote the book is like, yeah, this theory is super convincing until you get to certain facts that you just can't get around. And honestly, I think this is why TikTok doesn't censor conspiracy theories. And instead, it encourages as many as possible to kind of drown them out because it is so easy on TikTok. And, and if you start to go through conspiracy theories, you'll find anything. You'll find conspiracy theories on anything. And they will present in in a minute or two just as much information to get you to buy their story, but conveniently leave out all kinds of other stuff. It's 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 funny because the weather vane for conspiracies being like undoubtedly true are the ones that are being censored. Like those are how you know they're true at this point. And it's so funny because we have one that we know is true. We talked about it. it's provable, which was the whole SBF thing that we talked about. And that's the one on Instagram that ha- has like three warnings before you can watch it. Like, are you sure you want to see this? Are you sure you want to see that this guy sent, you know, millions of dollars to Democrats after, you know, it's like this whole thing. And uh, like everybody in the comments is like, that's how I know it's true. And they're not wrong. They're not wrong. Like, I think you're right about a lot of these conspiracy theories being chaff, being like put out there. I've said this plenty of times, like some conspiracy theories are really fun and they're entertaining. And that's why we like to talk about them. But some, you know, there really are just a way to distract people from things that are more true things that really they should be focusing on. So um, I don't know. That's my thought on it, but uh, so got a few more. I want to get to before we get over to uh, rumble and odyssey and obviously uh, what's your, what's your thoughts so far? I know I've been kind of talking a lot, trying to get through all this because there's so much here, but what's your thoughts on these? Do you think there's any possibility behind, you know, JP Morgan and, you know, millionaires and billionaires? Do you think it was something else? Or not billionaires, but like all these millionaires leaving before it took off. I keep running up against this. Oh, see you later, Surly Unicorn. Take Uh, it easy, Surly. Thank you for watching. Catch you you later. Um, Oh, Tom says your haircut looks nice. Uh, Really good of you to lie lie to PJ like that. Got to boost my confidence somehow. Somebody's got to do it. I co host with Abby, so I have like no confidence anymore. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think all the, the elites, the, the elites are always involved in all the conspiracies and a huge chunk of the elites were on this ship. I, I think that a lot of what's weird about the Titanic is just what's weird about the elites and what they're up to in any given moment in time. <clears throat> Um, so I, I see this comment here from Jack Lawson and I, I actually have an answer to this and I want to talk about it. Um, but because <laughs> I'm just going to say this really quick, I'm going to save it for rumble. Um, just because, you know, I don't like all of our videos taken off of YouTube and that's why we have rumble and odyssey. If you guys want to join us over there, uh, that's where we go to after this. And then it's, we can pretty much say anything we want because I can't say anything about what you just said without definitely getting this video taken down. So it's not that I'm ignoring your comment cause it's a good one, Jack. And I really want to, um, talk about it, but we're just going to save it for a few minutes as I finish up this stuff. Um, we'll talk about it on rumble, but <clears throat> yeah, sorry. What, what, what else did you want to say, Abby? It's it's when I hear the story, I completely understand why people want to try to find some deeper meaning because it does. 
but Titanic has become a word that means massive. Right. Like we now like it was a Titanic tragedy. It was a it was a Titanic thing that happened. And I think a lot of people tried to find some sort of way to explain it um, beyond. Oh, wow. We as humans have not actually conquered nature. We are actually still at the mercy of icebergs. <clears throat> That we could we could build a ship this big and charge people a hundred thousand dollars a piece for first class to be on it, and it could go down for something as simple as an iceberg. I think that freaked the heck out of people, and they they wanted to find some other explanation to make it go away. Right, right. And I mean that goes back to the early claims of this being put in papers. It's essentially unsinkable. It, like Titanic and unsinkable has been uh, a duo since nineteen twelve. It's become an ironic. Uh, you know, word duo, but it's still th- like because of that alone, it seems like it had to have been something else. And as we saw with the Olympic, which, you know, if you're claiming they're the exact same, they're switched, like the Olympic got hit by a small ship and couldn't finish its voyage and could have could have drowned from from that small collision. So uh, it, like in all honesty, the collision that the Olympic had with the uh, Hawk is not anything like what the iceberg did to the Titanic. So um. Yeah. Anyway, so I think you're right. I think so. One last thing I want to say, too, is like it's also super easy to believe someone like JP Morgan is involved in every conspiracy ever because like you see these names and as soon as they're linked with anything, it's not that they're not involved in every conspiracy ever. It's just like sometimes sometimes bad things still happen to these people and around these people that might not have been in their control. So I guess it's it's sometimes it's hard for us to believe that these chess masters aren't like actually playing chess with every single aspect of reality, like that they're also yeah. human and that they're surrounded by humans who are fallible. I think we need I to think, realize yeah. though. I think we have to know this though, because otherwise it's like, well, what's the point of any of this? Like we can't beat these people, right? We can't do anything to stop these people. If we really believe that they're so powerful, they can do literally anything and they never make mistakes. Then we've lost. Right? So like, I think that as conspiracy theorists, sometimes the conspiracies being wrong should give us hope that these people who actually are through their through their power and their money able to do and pull off massive conspiracies that change the world, that they're also fallible. Right. I think that's actually a good thing to learn. Right. I, I think sometimes the conspiracy is just that humans are still, like even the elites are human and sometimes God just did it. Right. So talking about that, one of my next things was, was the Titanic just simply cursed? And there's some interesting things here. So the first one I want to talk about is this curse of the mummy. So the Titanic suffered a curse because of an Egyptian mummy and and it's hold is the conspiracy. And this story originally comes from none other than the Washington Post, believe it or not, not a tabloid. Um, And the, the title of the Washington Post article is Ghost of the Titanic Vengeance of Hoodoo Mummy Followed Man Who Wrote Its History. And this came out a month after the, the singer of the Titanic. And this is about a guy named William T. Steed, who was a, you know, 20th century spiritualist. And he, he was a really weird guy. He wrote for tabloids and did all kinds of weird stuff. But he spent years claiming that a cursed mummy uh, was causing mysterious destruction and disaster all over London. And I find this funny because I want to know if Mummy 2 is based off of like William Steed's stories about like a mummy cursing London. So, um, but uh, on board the Titanic, Steed reported this tale to other passengers. So he was going around telling people like, hey, this mummy, you know, he was talking about it, this mummy being in the museum in England, which it was. Uh, and he was saying that the Titanic was carrying it to America to a museum. So he was actually the one spreading this thing. Um, and oh, where was I in my notes? 
basically the shipping manifest actually shows no record of this, but what it does show is that Margaret Brown did bring ancient Egyptian artifacts with her to deliver to a museum in Denver. So there could be, you know, some ancient cursed objects. It's just not this mummy. Uh, the mummy that Stead spoke of never actually left the British Museum, and it's actually still there to this day. So I find that one interesting. Like you hear about this curse Lies. all the time. Lies. Yeah, yeah. It's fake. It's a it's a hologram <laughs> mummy. It's a hologram mummy. He made the story up. Like I think everybody like kind of started realizing that too. So like I think the yeah. Washington Post was just sensationalizing. Um, but I guess like for, according to other people, he was getting a kick out of telling everybody there's a mummy on board and the, sh- the, the ship was cursed. But what else is interesting about William T. Steed is he may have been kind of prophetic. Uh, he might have actually known some things. So in 1986, he published an article titled How the Mail Steamer Went Down in the Mid-Atlantic by a Survivor, which tells of a steamer that collides with another ship, resulting in a high loss of life due to the insufficient lifeboats for passengers. And he was one of the people who actually died on the Titanic because of the lack of lifeboats. He was helping wow. other people. He was he died helping other people onto the lifeboats and waiting for his turn that never came. So pretty crazy stuff. Um, and then the last it, it part of go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. It is interesting to me. It seems like every time we have an incredible an incredible tragedy like this, there's always a native prophecy. people. <laughs> <laughs> there's always group, an indigenous yetis, people group there's an indigenous people group and yetis and ufos every time every time go ahead <laughs> there's always prophecy there's yeah. always we, you can call it predictive programming you can call it prophecy it's not it's but, not always predictive programming though i think that's something that people have to realize is like there is i, I truly believe this i talk about it a lot there is predictive programming but there is also prophecy is also a real thing and, and honestly, I think some of what we call predictive programming is actually just prophecy, even about things like 9-11 that were conspiracies. Right. I'm starting. I've actually, it's funny that you say that because I've been thinking about that this week. I've been getting sent for some reason, a lot of videos about like this 1996 movie that predicted it and stuff like that. And the more I look into the 9-11 stuff, it doesn't seem like the plan was put in place that early. It makes me wonder if it is, some of it's a little bit more prophetic than predictive. I don't know. It's just a thought. Not saying that there was a predictive program around 9-11. There was. Uh, another thing that somebody pointed out to me this week that we missed on our 9-11 episode that I totally forgot about. The movie Swordfish came out months before uh, the Twin Towers attack, and it is about the government paying people to fake terrorist attacks to get into war. I totally forgot about that movie. And some someone was like, I watched your 9-11 episode. Why don't you talk about Swordfish? I was like, oh, I forgot. And I also thought it came out after. I thought it came out in 2003. It didn't. It came out in, two, in like July of 2001 or something. Well, the beautiful thing about 9-11 is it's the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. It keeps we, on giving. We only covered loose change in our episode. Yeah, and that's like, only a small part so of it. There's so much more about yeah. about 9-11 that we could cover every 9-11 week. I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait till 9-11. <laughs> Frankie I'm Rodriguez is person. the sweetest, sweetest person she ever. Is. And she's got this super chat over here I got to read. Uh, even though it's total lies. <laughs> Super chat, $10. Because clearly PJ only has a conspiracy theory podcast to debunk the truth and throw us off of like a true fed. And Abby just looks gorgeous like always. So, Oh, <laughs> um, I think we got another one too uh, from Ivan Adams. Thank you so much. No comment um, from Ivan. You guys know you can send comments with your Super Chats. We want to hear from you. But I mean, yeah, you guys are awesome. I'm not going to complain. Uh, you guys, You guys are great. 
You guys are. I have one last thing I want to get to before we move over to Rumble and Odyssey. And then on Rumble and Odyssey, we're going to be talking about UFOs and time travel and all of the unhinged stuff. We're going to get really unhinged over there. Uh, but the last thing talking about this, this idea of prophecy is this book called the futility or called futility, the wreck of the Titan. And this is a short novel published by us writer Morgan Robertson. And it tells the story of the world's largest passenger ship, the Titan and how it sunk after hitting an iceberg. This was published 14 years before the Titanic. Sometimes like, I wonder. That's insane, right? <laughs> sometimes I wonder if a tragedy like that, when so many immortal souls pass at the same time, if it like rips some sort of hole in space time. I yeah, like seriously, I do wonder. <laughs> I do wonder. I know like the 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 time travel stuff is weird to people, but I also wonder like if there are things like echoes of of things of tragedies and events that get sent backwards through time, like people sense them before mm-hmm. they happen kind of stuff. So um, kind of weird. We'll have to get into some more time travel stuff in a future episode. So I got a, there's a really, really awesome chat here from uh, Tom. It says, I don't want to promise anything, but we may have a little girl floats. Uh, I'm doubting it's a boy at this point, dude. I'm so happy for you and your wife. Congrats on the uh, child. Let us know when, when you guys find out for sure if it's uh, Tom jr or, or not, but very excited for you, man. I mean, either way you could go with, Tom Jr., Tommy, Tommy Jr. <laughs> Tommy with an I, Tommy Tom. Jr. <laughs> Tommy Laren Jr. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so big news. Tom is Pragers. Yeah, Tom is Pragers. Does it bother anyone else as it bothers me when people say we're pregnant? <laughs> Sorry, I know some people like that phrase, but I, I was like, no, my wife's pregnant. Like I helped, but not, you know, I'm not pregnant. I, I helped. <laughs> I yeah, helped. I do think it's weird when people yeah. say we're, we're pregnant. <laughs> I appreciate the teamwork being <laughs> expressed. It's just a weird turn of phrase. I'm not saying there's not teamwork, but like, yeah, it's, you're not, you know. Um. We're having a baby. <laughs> How about that? We're having a baby. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for for coming over here and joining us on uh on the uh was there anything else you want to say before we move over to rumble and then i can answer that question from whose thing was jack just that we have good stuff for over on rumble i'm gonna get a, li- a little unhinged about poseidon the sea god and a bunch of other stuff so awesome all right we will see you guys over on odyssey and rumble in just a minute thank you guys and if you guys are listening to this later don't forget to come over to locals or sorry conspiracy locals.com if you want to get the full audio podcast um, and you can also get our unhinged episodes on Odyssey as well as locals. And it's just $5 a month to help support the show and you get some great extra content. And we're going to be doing uh, even more of that in the future. So, all right, we will see you guys over on Odyssey and Rumble. Thank you guys. God bless. <laughs> <laughs>